Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick, And we are getting into the meat and tomatoes of our draft previews. We're hitting the interior offensive line. We're even doing three episodes this week because we 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 felt bad putting tight ends and running backs together. So it'll be uh, interior offensive line today, tight ends on Wednesday, running backs on Friday. Justin, we're, we're getting closer and closer to the NFL draft. Hey, Bobby Skinner. Hope everybody had a good... Holiday weekend, whatever you celebrate, uh, there are Eli Manning, Brad Van Pelt days until the NFL draft. I had an Easter cigar before we recorded this. Don't worry, my humidor is no longer at 80%. It was just really humid in my room that night. I am wearing a John Sterling shirt because Bobby Skinner has been slandering John Sterling, and I just looked through my closet, and I accidentally threw out my Hog Molly shirt which means I need to order more, and I wanted to wear the Hog Molly shirt because we are talking Hog Mollies today. How are you? I'm surprised, like, John Sterling hasn't, like, thrown away his car keys in a day's confuse. I mean, you see mm-hmm. that picture with BBD the other day? He looks lost. He definitely has thrown away his car keys. There was a story where last summer it was flooding really, really bad in, like, New Jersey, the East Coast, the Tri-State area. Very bad rains during the summer fall. And... John Sterling got either he rescued somebody or he got stranded in the floods going home from. He got stranded. I remember that he's uh, not. He's not a capable human being. Needs to be taken care of at this point. Uh, But that's he's. Here's the thing. He's been needed to be taken care of for about a decade now, and that is what makes him great. All right, uh, we're going to get into the interior offensive line here in a second. First, this episode was brought to you by three special people. First one is uh, one that maybe a lot of people know. It's at Dable Arriving. It's the Dable Arriving account with the music. Oh, I, favorite account, best account on Twitter where you just, just puts... got a two, just got a free ad, or ad for $2 a month. I don't care. I don't care because it's the best account on Twitter. It's basically that awesome video of Brian Dable looking like an Oompa Loompa in a suit walking to the facility but getting out of a badass ford raptor and then he just puts music behind it every single day love that account uh and then we got brendan gray zach gray and big firm which reminds me of big pharma big Pharma. he's a big into like the pharmaceutical industry um and you can tell because he actually joined the world beater tier so he's he's raking in the dough yep. justin who are these people i just took two ibuprofen before recording this these wonderful people went to patreon.com slash talking giants two dollars a month plus some other tiers you get to hang up with us live while we record the shows, which, hey, um, I'm going to want to say this. You're going to want to be a part of the shows where we are recording live and, you know, we're we're reacting to our draft picks this upcoming next few weeks. Whoever we get, whoever we sign as a UDFA too, patreon.com slash talk giants to get some other perks too. You know them. Thanks to our patrons. 
All right, Justin, let's talk about this interior offensive line class and what is a huge need for the Giants, a huge need. We have no idea if Nick Gates will be able to play, um, and he was like your only good starter. They signed Mark Lewinsky, but even Mark Lewinsky is not a long-term fix, and he's not even like really – like he's an average player, you know, and, and they paid average money. That You know, and that showed in his contract. He had a Max Garcia, John Felicia – or Felicia, Feliciano. Felicia. Um, like they're they need help at this spot desperately. We don't know what Shane Lemieux is going to be coming back from injury. It's a big question mark, and they have to add to this. Now they're probably not going to add to it in the first round unless they trade back, which is seems like a, a likelihood that the Giants really want to trade back. I don't know if the likelihood that they will trade back will happen, but it does seem like they want to. So we're going to go ten guys. Uh, I think I have my top. We're talk. We're hitting my top seven guys, and then. Uh, sprinkling in some others some some others in there but you hit you hit every round when you when we're hitting basically like every round worth of guys yeah and i was gonna let me just ask you this to start do you think this interior offensive line class is a is a deep class like we talked about the interior linebackers we said those are deep um i think the corners are pretty deep that we touched on nine guys last last step or you know nine guys in the secondary and the dbs and, you know, we barely even got out of the third round talking about guys. So do you view this interior offensive line class as an overall deep class? No, I don't. Um, I agree. There's there's five guys that I think could come in and really, like, you know, start and be maybe not be good day one, but, you know, by the end of the year, I have a positive view of them. Obviously, Kenyon Green and Zion Johnson is the top two. Um, Linderbaum, even though I still have questions about Linderbaum, man, his size and strength do worry me. And then a couple other guys that, that I like who I have ranked fourth and fifth after those top three. And then the rest of them is just like, you know, they have issues, like they need real growth. So, but I am happy with what the Giants have done in free agency to add guys, to let guys come in and grow, uh, without just having to throw them into a starting lineup right away. Yeah. And, and that's that you, that last point that you had is the other side of that spectrum is that, yeah, even though the interior offensive line class this year isn't deep. It's not like if two out of the first three picks that the Giants have in the NFL draft, <laughs> if they aren't offensive linemen, it's not going to kill them because they can draft guys a little bit later on and they're not going to be thrown into the Wolves day one. And I think that's a positive thing. Whereas the other regime, they were banking on their young guys, solely banking on their young guys and also banking on guys that wound up retiring. Yeah, yeah, we'll forget the retirement tour of, of Giants 2021 training camp. Yeah, again, there's a couple guys you plug in and play, and then there's others who who will need work. Even some guys you like a lot, it's like okay, they're gonna you know they're gonna they'll probably have some struggles to start off rip. Um, but there is some guys. Well, there's one guy that I am just in full bloom love with. I have him rated as an A plus player. I think he's a he's worth a top 15 pick. I think he's the best guard. Um, that since we've been doing this, I've watched in the last three years. I think he's better than Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, there wasn't really a top guard in that 2020 class with the tackles, was there? Um, Not on the top of my head. Yeah. So do you want to get right into these draft profiles then? Yeah, who is that A-plus player, Bobby? I love this guy. Full bloom love. We looked at him in our way-too-early draft preview last year, and he was the only player who I rated as an A. There, I had some A minuses, had some B pluses. He was the only one I had rated as an A, and that is Texas A and M offensive lineman Kenyon Green. I'm full blown in love with this guy. Six foot four, three hundred twenty five pounds. 
long 34 and an eighth inch arms. He had a bad combine, Justin, which made me go back and watch some film. Like, okay, is he on athletic? Cause like he, he had a really bad combine, a 512 shuttle, which is really bad. Uh, a 26 inch vertical jump. The 40 time doesn't really matter. Bench press was 20, which isn't bad, but not great either. But Justin, uh, you watch the tape and you kind of have to ignore the combine a little bit. Uh, he started at every position at Texas A&M besides center this past year, played tackle, and they, they just moved him around a ton, which was kind of frustrating. Um, it's which why I kind of, I kind of watch more of his 2020 tape, uh, because like, alright, he played guard, he kept the play there consistently, not move him around. But I think he's just a beast. He's got this wide, I mean, you notice it, a wide, strong base with amazing balance, and no one can get him out of his base. No one can move him out of his anchor. His feet move short. They're wide, choppy, and they just, they never come together. The thing you notice the most, Justin, in Pass Pro is his punch. His punch is quick, strong, and it lands right every single time, Justin. Like you walk, you know, go watch my film breakdown of him, and it's just consistent and like great punch, great punch, and then feet to mirror. Like that's a guy who I don't care what his, his shuttle time is. I can see the way his feet mirror. I could see that punch, and I think he's going to be a dominant guard as a pass blocker. I edited your breakdown, and it was honestly, I say this nice, not you know as a criticism of you, but I say this nice about the player. It was one of your more boring breakdowns because Kenyon Green, a lot of his reps look the same, but that's what you want out of a football player, and especially offensive linemen. You want that consistency. You want that ability to mirror. It wasn't like, oh, you know, you had a bad rep here, and let's break it down. Let's talk about it. No, I mean, Kenyon Green, a lot of his reps whether it's against the run, whether it's against, you know, whether where whether it's the pass, it just looks the same. He is steady, he is consistent, and he's not one of those players where it's, you know, hey, you're a balanced player, but you don't do a lot of things right. No, Kenyon Green is a balanced player that plays in control, but he does a lot, a lot of things right, and he's also very, very strong. Yeah, and then, like, you know, he has the good hand punch, and then he replaces his hands well in pass pro. Just talk about him in the run game. I do think he could have a little better get-off. Uh, and the run and the hands come wide, forcing him to adjust. But he does adjust them really well. Like he, you know, he does that hand replacement, which a lot of guys just can't do in the run game. No. You know, there's just so much going on; they don't know how to do it. And if they can do it, it happens years down the road. And he, he, he has reps where he blows guys up, but it's not like a consistent like, oh, blow, blow guy up, blow guy up, blow a guy up. But he just always has well sustained one on one blocks with consistent movement and. There's If there's something that he does better than anyone in this class, it's just rolling his hips through those blocks and gaining leverage. Um, and then I don't think he's not like he's not a wide zone fit. Like he's more he's better in a gap scheme, but I think he's athletic enough for when you want to do wide zone stuff. Like he's athletic for it enough. And as a puller, he brings the pop. Go watch against um, Adam Anderson, who's like honestly – would be the first pick in this year's draft out of Alabama that edge. And he just brings the power to him on some pulls. And I've never seen a defensive end spill and crash versus pulls better than Adam Anderson. And Kenyon Green blows him up. I mean, and then you put him in down blocks and gap. I mean, he, he just blows guys up. Now, there's the times where they can slip off. But Justin, he's the only interior offensive lineman who I have as an A-plus player. He was a 2020 All-SEC and All-American selection. It's important to talk about 2020 because, like Bobby said, that's where he played the interior. All right, so let's talk about this. I think this. he would maybe even be the third best tackle in this class. Now, I, I would not just, put him at tackle. I was just about to ask you that. But I, I think I might like him as the third best tackle in this class. I don't know if he'd ever be – he I, he won't be great there in the NFL. And other guys like Carlos Cross has an ability to be great in the NFL. But – 
if like st- just starting week one of this season, if you ask me who which guy would you put after Evan Neal and Aquanu as the right tackle, it would be Kenyon Green. You know, we've seen you know two guys that have been drafted by the Giants in the past that have had good NFL careers. You know, David Deal, Justin Pugh, those have been two of some of our, our most valuable offensive linemen that the Giants have drafted over the last two decades. And it, it works. Those guys that can play those multiple positions, they they tend to stick around. Nick Gates is another guy, UDFA, but a guy that can play multiple positions and can do a lot of things for you. Those guys tend to stick around versus the guys that, hey, I'm a tackle, I'm a guard, I'm a center. And unless you're really elite at that spot, unless you... The difference is Kenyon Green is, is going to be elite as a guard. Correct, correct. But if you're in a, if you're in a spot and if you're in a pinch, those guys have a lot of value. Yeah, so he's interior offensive line one for me. You know, when the Tyler Linderbaum hype was at its highest, I was like, I was like, please, Giants fans, uh, direct your attention to Kenyon Green. Move off Tyler Linderbaum, uh, especially top ten. And I, I and you know, my post Senior Bowl mock draft, I had him as a pick number seven. Now we've done more homework on guys, and I wouldn't take him at pick seven, um, just because there's other guys I would take. But he's probably like, if you put together me like, okay, it's the start of the draft. Put together a twelve-man big board for the top, for pick five and seven. He's on there. Without getting too much into Zion Johnson, we can. I mean, we could get into Zion Johnson. How much will the combine and the rise of Zion Johnson? Because it, it was Kenyon Green, and Some now Zion, Zion has won. And now Zion has entered the conversation, especially post Senior Bowl. And Kenyon Green, you know, he didn't need to go to the Senior Bowl. So, how much will the combine and the rise of Zion Johnson? impact where Kenyon Green goes, at least in your opinion. You can see Zion being the first guy taken. Um and I think you know, he will. Because he fits like that pass blocking style. Like he's he's the, he's you know, he killed the combine, that athleticism you compare him to like other guards and how they test it out. I mean Zion Johnson's a hell of a prospect too. I have him as a you know as an A, just not an A plus and we can get into him. Let's well let's get into him. Yeah. We could kind of compare. Six foot three, three hundred and twelve pounds, another long arm guy, thirty-four inch arms. Not as long as Kenyon, but still long. Shuttle, four four six, just an amazing shuttle. And then on the bench, put up thirty-two reps. Um Justin, I think he's a first round talent that fits both zone and gap scheme. Uh he's got a he's got a wide low base and, and just great balance, and he just rarely ends up on the ground. His his feet work laterally beautiful. Like his his ability to mirror is A plus, and that's what teams look for in their guards nowadays your ability to mirror uh that being said he still has some things to clean up like his hands in the past where they come in wide and they clamp um and he just doesn't have like the quickest hands but they do adjust to work inside but they're just not as quick as as a Kenyan green you know and and then strength wise like uh he's he's not going to be a victim to to bull rush but he, he doesn't have that same anchor as green um i do think he needs to be better picking up stunts and getting depth when he's uncovered because there's times like, you know what, you're uncovered. Get depth and help guys out um, in the pass game. In the run game, uh, you, you know, very athletic to run wide zone. His, his ability to keep feet moving and flip his hips is awesome. I mean, it showed up at the Senior Bowl to be able to, you know, run those type of plays is a is a huge. Fires off the ball, but he does have some false steps that lead to stalemates at the line of scrimmage. Um, and there's, you know, and something that Kenyon Green doesn't have. So he's on single blocks, he's not going to get much drive, but combos, he works well. Um Working to the second level is like perfect timing. So he's, he's going to win with running angles, not brute force, at least not run right away as he gets some things cleaned out. But he does sustain his run blocks and he's not shed. I have him as a as an A player. 
He also has experience at left tackle, too, because left tackle in 2020, he registered 704 snaps. All of his snaps came from left tackle last year, and then 2019, 2021, he was uh, primarily at left guard. Listen to his, uh, so he talked about Kenyon Green's poor combine. Listen to these percentiles. Um, Zion Johnson's arm length, 34 inches, that's in the 80th percentile. His hand size is in the 94th percentile. Uh, his 20-yard shuttle is in the 94th percentile. His bench press was in the 89th percentile. Vertical jump, 91st percentile. Broad jump, 93rd percentile. Three-cone, 94th percentile. That's Yeah, that's, I mean, his, his combine was, was dominant, and that's reassuring for him. Um, and, you know, that's why I have him as a second guy o- over Linderbaum. Justin, there's been mocks with both these guys, like, falling to the second round. Like, with the way teams value interior offensive linemen and maybe not liking them as, as much as a guy like me does, do you think there's a way that either of these guys falls to round two? Yeah, uh, I, I can see it. Um, But in a way, these but these guys are still too good to pass up, though. Because I, I think if you want to just talk about the NFL draft as you want to get good football players, right? At the end of the day, positional value, be damned for a second. The NFL draft is about getting good football players that can be good for your football team for a little while, right? For a long time. That's what the NFL draft is about, especially what the first round is about. And I think Kenyon Green and Zion Johnson, if you're in that mid to back end of the first round, those are two guys where it's like these these guys are just going to be good football players for you. Like, without a doubt. Yeah, I agree. But it's just the way the draft works. Like, we're going to see a run of wide receivers. We'll have a couple QBs go in the first you know the tackles will. There'll be three tackles to go. The the ed, all the edge guys. Like these you know, two guys the, are better than Trevor Penning. Yeah, but people value tackles more. Mm. You know the same way the Giants. These two guys can play tackle. That's also the thing where I don't think they should be playing tackle, but but they can. That's that's also but, the wild yeah, thing. I don't know if Zion can. Uh, Kenyon Green could. But here's the thing: if the Giants trade back to 18, I think there's a higher chance they take Penning over one of these guys. I don't. I don't like it, but I think there's a higher chance. That's the way NFL teams work. If the Cowboys were smart, I think. I think if the Cowboys would smart, I think Zion Johnson fits them perfectly. I think the Cowboys are going to end up with one of these guys. Yeah. If they if they don't and then, it, and then the other dumb. landing spot, I don't know. I could see them taking receiver. I can also see them going safety. But the smart move for them would be one of these two guys, and we're going to be like miserable draft night. Like, ah. <laughs> yeah. It's like every guy I fall in love with, like, Cowboys will probably draft him. Cowboys are good drafting. You can't deny it. Um, yeah. So are you on Kenyon Green 1, Zion Johnson 2, or do you have Linderbaum ahead? Or Can I do the cop-out of both both the same? Can I do that? Nope, you're on the clock. Who are you picking? I'm on the clock. Mm. Kenyon Green. We've been we've been looking at him longer. We've watched him more. Kenyon Green. He's just a better offensive lineman to me. You know, um, Zion. Maybe you know with that combine stuff gets you real hyped up. But at the if there's one position you don't stress about the combine a ton, it's it's probably going to be guard. Uh, or nose tackle, you know, and um, now again, they're now the thing is, is their combines were polar opposites where Kenyon yes. Greens was horrible and Zion Johnson was great, you know, like if the Giants want to run more outside zone, I don't know how much they want to, but you've been kind of mentioning in that, you know, maybe they want to be a balanced team. Then I say Zion Johnson, because Zion, I, without a doubt, Zion Johnson is a better athlete than Kenyon Green, but also I think Kenyon Green is a little bit more of a mover. 
than what Zion Johnson yeah, is. Kenyon Green moves well in space. You know, it's just he didn't test well at the combine. Uh, you know, this isn't a, a cornerback we're talking about. You know, this is a guard. Um, and this was a guard who played tackle in SEC and did it well. You know, so he has plenty of athleticism uh, to work with. <clears throat> I was hit on the next guy who I'm going to say I called this drop of the way the media views this guy. And that's center from Iowa, Tyler Linderbaum, PFF's darling. PFF said this guy was the greatest player to ever play football. Six foot three, 290 pounds. That's a light frame with them little baby 31 and one eighth inch arms. But Tyler Linderbaum's a good player, Justin. Um, but he's a center only prospect at his size and he can be limited to the wide zone because of his size. That being said, he's just a high IQ player who do, he plays the right way every single rep. Like he does what he's supposed to do the, every single rep in the pass pro, pro his feet mirror like they work uh, like chop short choppy. They work really well. Um, you know, you put him against good slower nose tackles. He's going to win those reps. You know, they get some push on him, but he, he recovers well. You know, he'd like his knee bend is great. He's got consistently good pad level. His IQ, picking up stunts, blitzes, A+. A+, all of that stuff is great. But I just worry, man. I really worry against when it's like, okay, now you got an NFL speed power combo. And I think he's going to have issues to start. I think he'll get better. But in pass, in pass blocking, and then more so in the run game, Justin. You watching his breakdown, watching Leo Chanel's breakdown. Like, he fires off the ball with great, you know, great hand and hat placement. But, like, he gets beat. And he gets head heavy because he understands, like, you know, the size and, and strength of how deficiencies that he has. You know, and led to Leo Chanel jacking him up at, at a couple times where he's like, he, he had quicker hands. And he's going to face that in the NFL. You know, and then in the pass pro, facing fascinating blissing linebackers is like, he stops his feet and ducks his head at times because of, because of his issue. So, man, I, Tyler Lindenbaum went to, from people as like a can't miss to he's the guy who I can see being a bust. I do think he's a late first, early second round guy, but I can see this guy not being a good football player because his size is an issue. And you watch him against Leo Chanel and you realize like you're going to face that every single rep, man. You're going to face that every single rep and how are you going to handle a nose tackle every single rep? He's going to move well. He's going to move well when you're running screens and running wide zone, but it's like it just limits him as a player. Yeah, going from, you know, the John Jalapio days, and this is just how I watch centers and how I, you know, how I quote unquote, how we evaluate offensive linemen, right? Stemming from those days, being like, all right, what we need in the middle is play strength. What you need is an anchor, really, really more, more than anything. And I think Nick Gates kind of brought that stability. You know, he didn't, maybe it's not the strongest of anchors in the entire world, but he, he brought that stability. And that's what you need in the middle, I feel like, more than anything. So it, it brings back that conversation of, do you prefer that athlete up the middle or do you prefer that anchor? And especially at center, I prefer a guy who can hold that line, hold that rush that that is coming from the middle. Because um, I think that's, in a way, for a quarterback like Daniel Jones, it's more important to hold that middle of the line versus those tackles, if that makes sense. Yeah. I agree, but at the same time, you can look at a guy like Jason Kelsey, who is that exact same size and that type of athlete. Um, now, you could point out that he was drafted in the sixth round, um, but Jason Kelsey came in and started every single game of his career, you know, uh, besides when injured. Like, he came in in 2011 as a rookie, as, as a rookie sixth-round pick, and started every game. He was a five-time All-Pro uh, Bowl, four-time All-Pro. Now, he had good offensive lines around him, um, but... 
it's a serious question mark you know like again i still view him as a good player late first early second type third interior offensive lineman um but like that play strength and that size is flat out it is an issue and he's gonna have to work around it and he can work around it but he's gonna have to work around it. it's not it's not a non-issue like some will say it is and stop giving me his pff grade and we were talking about this when adam peters was a possible gm candidate for the giants if Adam Peters did become the general manager of the Giants, I'd be a lot more open to it because that's if if we were going to bring in like that outside zone scheme and we were going to bring in like McDaniel as the as the head coach and those were going to be the things that he would bring to the table, I would be a lot more open to it because I think that would be worth it. If Linderbaum was being used as this offensive lineman who was going to be moving out in space, getting to the secondary level consistently, 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 but if that's not something that, you know, an outside zone scheme, if that's not something the Giants are going to be doing consistently, 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 then I don't see it being a fit. But other teams, it very much can be a fit if that's what they want to do. And Dable and Bobby Johnson are going to want to run a combo of gap and zone. Um, you know, it's just, I worry about those things. And again, we're, we're nitpicking because he's, he's a top, viewed as a top prospect, but you know, he, he was the first player I evaluated and, and did a breakdown on. Um, and it's like, you know what this is? This guy's not as good as... He's good, but he's not as good as people had made him out to be at that time. And I think as people have watched and stuff, they've kind of caught up with it instead of just watching PFF grades. So let's break it down to this. Both guards, Green, Johnson off the board. Arnold, EBKD. You know, we'll even include EBKD in here. EBKD, Christian Watson... Tyler Linderbaum are three options at 36. Who do you go with? Wait, EBKD, Linderbaum, and who? Um, Watson, Christian Watson, wide receiver. It's tough because O-line is such a huge need, but probably EBKD. All right. Without him, Watson or, or Linderbaum? Linderbaum. The more okay. I went and dove, dove in on Watson, he does have some drop issues. It would be Linderbaum. Okay. Yeah, because they're like we were we were talking about this with um when we were evaluating the uh, Epineza. What's his first name? AJ. AJ. The AJ Epineza pick with Brandon Bean in the second round, being like, yeah, that was a miss of a pick. But then you look at where he was picked, which was the middle of the second round, latter portion of the second round, and you're like, ah, well he's going to be picked eventually, right? Even if he's a bad, even if he's not going to be a hit as a player, he's going to be picked eventually. So where do you kind of draw that line? So that's what I was trying to, I think the Bengals are going to get him though. I think the Bengals are going to pick Linderbaum. Sure. They didn't add a center, right? They added other, you know, they obviously added other guys on the line. Yeah. Um, But I I can see Linderbaum being the pick for them. Um, all right, let's hit the next one. And this guy actually took my most recent mock draft. I hate kind of, I hate saying my mock draft. I just it just sounds cringy, and everyone does it now. Um, but it's uh, I I love this guy, Dylan Parham, uh, interior offensive lineman out of Memphis. Now uh, this guy's played a lot of positions, including tight end and linebacker. He was a tight end and linebacker in high school. Uh, obviously moved to uh, uh, offensive line at Memphis, where he he started for four years. At Memphis, two at left guard, then right tackle, and then right guard, and he even worked a little bit of center at the Senior Bowl. Six foot three, three hundred eleven pounds, thirty three and one eighth inch arms. That's the you know the build you look for in a guard. 
Maybe he could add a little weight. Um, and he had a really good combine too. Four nine three forty, uh, shuttle four seven. You know, not not Zion Johnson level, but like, hey, this guy shows up. He's the athletic profile you look for in a, in a later round guard to to hit. Um, you know, and he is a good athlete. It shows up in both the pass and the run. Um, I think the biggest issue is he doesn't have great strength right now to move guys off the line of scrimmage head up. Um, but I think he does everything else really well. He's really patient in his pass sets. Like, zero lean in his pass sets. Zero lean. Like, we talk about Linderbaum. Linderbaum's got a lean on guys. He's got zero lean. His posture is just beautiful and, and good balance. And it seems like he's got, like, he just, what he does well in the pass, he does well in the run as well, too. Um, you know, like, his his feet just mirror really well with short, good footwork. And he, he can lose the bull rush, but he's, his hips stay square. And he doesn't give up, like, you know, an inside or an outside move versus the other thing I would nitpick is his hands land rather than punch, but they always have pretty good placement. And when he when he does get his hands on a guy in the, in the right spot, he dominates the, the rep. Um, and in the run, his base stays low and, and he's and nice and wide, and, and he works to the second level with excellent patience and finish. Um, rolls his hip through small defense. Like there was a rep first when he was going against MyJ Sanders. You're not going to go against MyJ Sanders on the inside of the NFL. Uh, but like he was he was bullying MyJ Sanders, so. Um, good athlete could add some strength, but he's got like the foot speed and the hand uses that like you see as like a late second, like I have him as a late second guy. If he's there in the third round, I'm banging on the table. Like get me Dylan Parham, get me Dylan Parham. Like this is a guy who is going to grow into a really good guard in the NFL. It's one of the first times I'm saying this throughout the entire draft process, what we've been doing. I don't love him. I, I, I really don't. Now, his feet never stop moving. I mean, his feet are always chopping. They're always replacing. They're always recovering. Um, you talked about his strong hands, and I think the, his hands and his feet combo work together well. Something that I saw, if he doesn't get his head on the play side of the defenders on down blocks, he could get driven back, and it ruins place. So you're talking about how, oh, yeah, he can add a little bit of strength. I think at 285 pounds, I think he needs to add strength. I, 211. I think, you where did where did you see that? Where do you have that? The combine. Mm, oh, I wrote it down wrong. Don't know where I had two hundred eighty five. All right, but still, I mean, I uh, that's just watching him. Even if it's at three eleven, two eighty five, whatever, whatever I saw that he was listed as, um, he needs to add it. Um, something that I saw where it was an it was an issue. This may be a nitpick, but it was like an issue on RPOs, which Brian Dable does like to run his RPOs every play. He's downfield. He's five yards downfield. And there was even one game one game where there was a Calvin Austin touchdown and it got taken off the board because he had a Dylan Par- uh, Parham. He was five yards down the field. So um, I don't fully love him. I love that he's flexible. I love that he's able to replace and recover even if he doesn't have that, you know, that strength. But um, I, I don't love Parham. I don't. Well, I don't love you. Um I mean, he's a late second, you know, now we're going to start getting the guys where they have issues, but you know, when you go down the board, you could, I'd struggled with the next guy, Cole Strange, where to pit him. I even thought about pitting Cole Strange at three. Like I, I like Cole Strange a lot. Um, I like him more than Parham. I do. I, you see, I don't just, I don't, I do disagree with that, but I don't, I understand, uh, that like I, that was a struggle for me. Like where I have them as like, you know, both as B players, you know, which is late second for me. It, um, so here, so here's the question that I have here that I didn't have bolded, which is an, an important question. Is Parham a little too dependent on beating his guy off the ball and beating him to the point of attack? Like I need to get my head here. I need to get my body here. 
And if I don't get it here, then I lose the rep more often than not. And that's one of the things that I saw from Parham. Yeah, but that's the way you win regardless, you know? And we yeah, talk still once we have, I mean, after we get of, strange, it's like all these guys are like consistently losing that. They're doing right, false right. steps. But like, again, you if know. this guy is talked about as a second as a second, third round guy that you're slamming your fist on the table, I think you know, he should have it, it shouldn't be consistently where if he doesn't get that body placement where he's gonna lose that rep. I I don't see it like as 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 bad as you do. Like okay. I you know, I, I, when I watch him, I don't want, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't lose any reps ugly to me. Like, you know, there's like, he doesn't have ugly reps while you walk, when we go down the list, it's like ugly reps, ugly reps, ugly reps. You know, I think the top five guys, and, and, and I think he has less ugly reps than Linderbaum to be completely honest. Um, but, but I do really like him too, but yeah, I, I do, I do really like him, um, out of Memphis next on the list. This is a guy I love. Um, and again, I can see, I I'm tempted to just put him as third. Like I, I can see it, but I just want to see better competition. And I will be completely honest. Dylan Parham, if you look on NFL.com, 6'3", 285 pounds. Which they uh, that that's what you that's what you tell me to look at. Dylan Parham combine. Let's see. We're gonna figure this out live on the podcast. Because you always tell me to look at NFL.com for those measurements. And that's yeah, the NFL. Like, where do I get that from? Combine. Come on. Six foot three. What the hell? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who am I looking at that's six foot three, 311? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look it, though. He looks 311. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna struggle to take, take the L. Um, well, okay, that gives me more uh, confidence. He's going to add some weight, add some oh, strength, okay. and it's going to be perfect. Okay, there you go. 285 okay. pounds? I didn't, he doesn't That's look very, it. It's light. I mean, he did play tight end and linebacker in high school. Yeah. Uh, all right, next on this list, and, and you can make big arguments for this. Another guy who's kind of light, uh, six foot six, 301 pounds. You don't see that frame uh, often. And we found we watched this guy down the Senior Bowl, and that's University of Tennessee, Chattanooga, home of Terrell Owens, Tay Davis, Cole Strange. Uh, at the combine, I don't know. Okay, combine. His shuttle was the best, four or five, uh, but the forty was modest. Vertical jump, twenty eight inches. Bench press, thirty one. Actually, a really good bench press, thirty one reps. Start of 40, 40, 44 games for uh, the mocks. Forty one at left guard, two at left tackle, and one at center. And he worked at center uh, down at the Senior Bowl. He's just this long ball of muscle in the middle of the offensive line. And it's just like he does so many things really, really well. And his weaknesses aren't big weaknesses. I mean, his athleticism is well above average, and he moves really well for the wide zone. And at the point of attack, I mean, he just brings so much power at the point of attack. Um, you know, like he fires out of the stance with great leverage, great hands, and moves guys down the field, you know. And he didn't have a lot of great competition, but you watch him versus Kentucky, and he was moving Kentucky defense alignment down the field cons- and consistently doing it, like just bringing real pop and power in his hands to knock guys back. Um, you know, when D linemen readjust or they, you know, re- they readjust their weight, he has the power to torque and just finish these guys. Watching him in the run game is just a pleasure. It's a pleasure watching him in the run game. Now, that being said, he is 301 pounds at 6'6". He didn't look that tall at the senior ball, I'll be honest. When I saw 6'6", I was a little surprised. He's taking um, center reps. Yeah, he can be, you know, bigger guys who 
like Travis Jones, I, th- I think could give him some issues, who gave him some issues in one-on-one reps, even though one-on-one reps don't matter at the end of the day. But again, like he just, he blows people up just in the run game. Like it's, it's, it's fun to watch. He's an active player. And that's something that I, I, I like to see energy. I don't like to see, uh, like, if you're lethargic as an offensive lineman. You're an active player. You're always looking to get in front of someone. There's very little wasted movement. He's naturally aggressive, but doesn't play too out of control. Like Cam it's Jurgens. all with patience. Cam Jurgens, take that, you know, take him, for example. He's a freaking fucking out-of-control guy just running around looking to take somebody's head off. Cole Strange has that. He's naturally aggressive, and he's not playing too out of control. I think he picks up stunts, delayed blitzes very well. I think he's a high IQ player. He keeps his head on. He keeps his head on a swivel. I think he could fit those multiple schemes. Um, he's going to be 24 by the time the season starts. So if you're talking about a guy that, hey, you know, he's going to have to sit for a little bit, develop, maybe add some strength. He's going to be 24 by the time his season starts. To me, um, he's a day one starter, though. He's the last of the day one starter group. Love that team captain. 44 starts across three positions, and he's my guy. Where if the Giants were getting to that 67, 81 spot. And the Giants are looking for that second offensive lineman that they need to take in the top 100 picks. Cole Strange is my guy over Parham. Um, that I'm going to be like, I hope that he, I hope that we get him. And there's a Cole Strange like Colt out there, isn't Jake Barrow our guy? Do a barrel roll, uh, mm-hmm. a big Cole Strange guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with him. Um, you know, when you talked about like, oh, he's fast, but like not out of control. Like I, my note for him is works to the second level with quickness, patience, and power. You know, like where it's like, he's getting there quickly, but he's not out of control. And when he's getting there, he's putting like linebackers on their back at times. Um, and again, the Kentucky game is the one I looked at the closest because it was the highest level of competition he had. And he did really well. I saw a note from somebody. I didn't watch it. It's like watching versus Javon Kinlaw in 2018. And he's like Mm. going at it with him. Yeah. Um, but I, I I didn't actually watch that game. Um, well, we will and, when we draft him. How about that? In the past, bro, he's got just a quick punch, like uh, with good arm extension. Uh, that being said, his hands with the good punch, his hands slide up, and he doesn't do a good job like uh, replacing them, um, and can be a little head heavy, leading to quick losses, which we saw in some of the one on one drills down in Mobile. Um, and uh, his feet, I think, could mirror a little better. Uh, I think they're good initially, but like guys can kind of slip off. Um, so it's like, okay, well, he struggled versus you know defensive tackles who fire off the ball quickly, you know, and can match strength. And you know, you're not just able to bully college players. And again, he is going to be 24 when the season starts. So a lot to like about the guy. I wish you could see some more uh, competition, you know, that he faced, but he can't control that. Um, kind of a weird ball. Like he's just he's a ball of muscle. Like it's six foot six, three hundred one pounds of muscle. Yeah. Um, and I can see him moving to center because mm. because of some of that that weight stuff. I can see moving Cole Strange to center. Um, you know he 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 adjusted to it well at seen at the Senior Bowl, like really really well. Yeah, I one hundred percent agree. Did you see that his stance was wide at times? And this like a nitpick. You can change this at the pro level, whatever. But I just found it to be funny that. Like everybody else looked pretty even. It's not like something that he was taught. I feel like I, like like Charles Cross, his stance is very narrow. But there were times where his stance is so wide that it looks like he's taking a dump. Yeah, Did and that's part that? of yeah, that's part of him like getting that leverage into the into the. I mean, he just I mean he fires off the ball. Now yeah. again, that can lead yourself to be head heavy and be swam and have some just disgustingly ugly reps. Um, but he just fires off, shoots his hands into the chest, and is just driving guys. And then he has like a great feel for angles and moving to the like, – he's got a great feel for the game of football. And I feel like that's a guy who can come in and start day one, and especially moving 24. This episode was brought to you by SeatGeek. 
How about that? Justin wanted to read an ad. I'm going to read an ad. I had it pulled up already before you did. And mine says, deliver talking points with as much personal flair, language, style as possible. Okay, I'm going to do that. Today's episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. Live events are back, which means you can get $20 off tickets at SeatGeek with promo code GIANTS. If you don't know what SeatGeek is, they're a ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. We've got the app on our phone. In fact, I actually looked at the playoff schedule for the Nets. They play Monday night in Brooklyn before I get to New York, and then their next game is Friday, which we'll be doing the draft stream, so I'm not going to be able to go to a Nets playoff game oh, versus the Celtics. Course. Well, then you'll have to come back. Well, yeah, if they come to the if they go to the finals, which I you know they did lose game one, but I feel confident. You know, you look at the history of the first round. There's always game one losses, and Kevin Durant's not going to play that bad. So it was definitely a tough loss, but I feel confident in my Nets. Um, but it was a good win for the Celtics and Knicks fans who were rooting against us. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, you know the heartbreaking loss, but it's like no, it was least, tough. That yeah. was tough. Um, and our little Irish friend was having the time of his life because he has no joy in his life. Which we could talk about on Superman Radio uh, Snacks, but we can't. Um, but I, I feel confident in the Nets. I really do. Um, at least in this series. The Bucks. I actually feel better against the Heat than the Bucks. If they play the Heat, I'll go to a game in Miami with SeatGeek. If, oh. the, if they go to the finals, I will be up um, in New York for that game. It'll be my kind of vacation. So... Um, uh, hoping for that. Let's go Nets. Right, guys? Um, right. Whether it's football, concerts, basketball, baseball, festivals, or more. Knicks fans, next year, you guys can go to games. Use SeatGeek. Um, you get them all. It just makes it simple. SeatGeek rates every ticket from 0 to 10 to make sure you're getting a good deal. Green means good. Red means bad. Every ticket on SeatGeek uh, is backed by their buyer guarantee, so you can shop with confidence. And if you're a Celtics fan, you can go and you can say things to Kyrie and he'll flick you off and you'll cry. You call him Kyrie, but the Celtics fans cry more than anybody. Uh, I love Kyrie. Don't worry. We got the hookup. Use code Giants for $20 off tickets at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code Giants. Make sure you click the link in the description to download the app. Code Giants for $20 off your first SeatGeek order. Um, Suck my dick, Celtics. Oh. All right. Hey, now. Nets or nothing. Nets or die. Um, so, hoping, hoping a lot of you choose the latter. All right. Uh, who, who are we hitting next? Darian Kennard. Darren Kennard, my sixth interior offensive lineman. Justin, this guy is the most frustrating player in the draft. He really does piss me off. Because he's six foot five, three hundred forty-five pounds, thirty-five inch arms, has a tackle body, but he's gonna play guard. And it just pisses me off. We wanna know why? Because he's got t- first round talent. Athlete with size, strength, his ability to move. Crazy upper body strength to torque guys. Like, just just can embarrass guys. Holds up well in pass blocking, even though. But his technique sucks, 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 sucks. Every first step is wrong. It's always false, and he get he's slow out of his stance. He's stuck out of his stance, which allows guys to get into his chance, uh, his chest. And his hands come in wide instead of shooting, and it looks bad every like it's dramatic. They come in dramatically wide. Like a he lot of guys, him. we're gonna talk about the hands get wide. Canards come in dramatically wide, um, and he just and he leans in the run game, but he's kind of got the size where he can lean on guys and move them. Um, and pass pro, like he he locks guys up in pass pro. You know, he has some bad reps, um, but for the most part, he does really well. Uh, like, you know, if he's moving inside, he needs a mirror better. But overall, he's like, he's got pretty good feet, like, you know, foot speed and just you know, athleticism in general. And then obviously has the strength. And even in the pass pro, his hand placement isn't bad. Um, 
but he can struggle with like some swims and, and speed uh, when he loses that first part of the rep, which he loses all the time. It's so frustrating. Like if if I'm if a scout if I was a scout for whatever you know the Giants, like my the guy I'd want to talk to the most in coaching staff would be Darian Canards. Like like is is he working on this stuff? Did you guys not work? Like what is going on with this guy? Because he is a hell of an athlete, a hell of a of a guy, but he's. His technique is just flat out disgustingly bad at times. And he's played only tackle, right? Yeah, at least the last two years. So it's tough to project, you know, hey, if you're just an average Joe, it's like, well, you know, you move to the inside, obviously it's going to help. And you've seen a lot of bad tackles, a la Eric Flowers. You've seen the the bad tackles become good guards. <laughs> that's been the thing that's hap- that happens. So that's why I'm, I'm enticed by Kennard, because he's – strong as an ox he's built like a tank he's sloppy as hell but you know you're you're, i'm just very very enticed by a guy that is strong because you see a lot of these guys we've talked about yeah we've talked about parham we've talked about strange and you know there's there's been a there's been a note of hey you know they're they're a little light they're a little light they're a little light and what you want at the nfl is you want that play strength especially on the inside because you don't want to collapse the pocket so I'm fascinated by Parham. I'm fascinated. He's only 22. I think he's going to be close to 23 by the time the season starts. So it's it's not like he's 24, where I, I guess that year makes a difference. And is he hell bent on being an NFL tackle? Because I think he was at the Senior Bowl, and there were there were quotes of him saying, "I want to be an NFL tackle. Shut I want to be an NFL tackle." Just shut up, Darian. If you if he had average technique, he'd be the third guard. He'd be the third guy on this list for me. Just average. Yeah. You know, because he's built like. No one else, you know? Hey, he's a freak. He's a freak. But like you said, I do think there's like kind of like an Eric like an Eric Flowers role for him. Um, where you can move in and it's like, okay, can you put in some work? Like, hey, can you have a work ethic unlike Eric Flowers and get better at this stuff? Or are you just kind of going to be this guy where you're going to have good games and then you're going to have bad games? Um, and that's kind of where I think Kennard, that's like, again, he's the most frustrating player in the draft for me. If you believe in play strength over anything, and the rest will come, then this may be the guy for you. But if you well, believe you got- in te- if you believe in technique over anything else, then maybe he's not the guy for you. Well, you got to get to know him because the technique you can be- get better. Okay, you can get better at that thing. So it's like you got to get to know Gennard and right. figure but out how what much makes play- him tick. The, the th- so the thing is, is that how much play strength are you going to add? And you're probably you know as a, you know when you're talking about a guy that's light. How much strength are you realistically going to add when you're getting close to 24, 25? You I can't know? believe Parham's 285 pounds. That blew me away when you said that. Yeah. Uh, he uses it better than other guys, though. Um, all right, next on this list, Justin. Um, this is a guy I'm higher on than most people, and that's a Hokie, Virginia Tech. Lasita Smith, 6'3", 321 pounds, or 320 pounds. I think he's an above-average athlete with just really awesome hand strength. Like, his just overall strength is good to move players and torque them. Um, in pass pro, you watch his... I put out a clip. Like, his hand fight is really great. He dumps guys. He replaces his hands, repositions them. He shoots his arm and, you know, pokes and, you know, shoots that head back. His hands overall, again, he does a good job to readjust some stuff. Uh, it can, his hand placement can be erratic, but he does pack a punch when he does it right. Uh, and, and once they're on, like he just locks on the guys and he's never disengaged. And, you know, he's got a wide, strong base and his footwork, I think it's pretty solid to mirror. That being said, his arm length is short, you know, it's like shorter than Will Hernandez's. So that could give him issues and, and losing the full man relationship where guys are beating him to the side. So that's our, and then in the run game, 
again, it's not as sloppy as the guy we talked about before, but it's his run reps are compromised by constant false steps. You know, now it's, it looks a little easier to be fixed than uh, Kennard, but it's they're constantly compromised by constant false steps. And he's overall just not quick out of his stance. But when he gets on, guys, he's he's he stays connected through the entirety of the rep. You know, he's not getting shed. Uh, and again, he's got that hand strength to to lock on guys and torque them and, and move them. And now because of that bad first step, he's a lot of times he's moving guys down the line instead of up the field. Um, so he's he's definitely got work to do, Justin. But I think he's one of those like like I see him like I think I think he's been mocked to the Giants in like the fifth. I think Dane uh, Dane Brugger had him in the fifth, and I was like, ooh, exciting. Um, I like him more than the consensus, but there's obviously issues. But I just view him as one of those guards who we look back at and it's like, oh, that guy was a nice fifth, sixth round pick. Yeah, a sneaky good football player. That's the main note that I have on Lasidia Smith. He's a sneaky football player, not outwardly good where you're calling him a stud, but sneaky good. Where it's like, oh, you watch some things where I think at the point of attack, he's pretty good. Even if he, or even if he loses at the point of attack, he anchors down and he has solid flexibility and knee bend. And that's something that I was looking to where some other guards, some other guards didn't have, where if they lost that point of attack, they would lose the rep. But even if he doesn't, you know, get off the ball outwardly quick and with the, with being flexible and anchoring down and, you know, kind of the reps where you have guys, they have their legs anchored down, but they're bending their back. Sneaky, good football player, Bobby. Sneaky, good. How about that? All right, do you want to hit the next guy? Yeah, let's hit the next one. This guy is a – people are all, all over the place on this player, and I kind of agreed. Like, he's an all-over-the-place player. It's Ed Ingram out of LSU. Six foot three hundred, three hundred. Did you notice that his, like, legs look like toothpicks and then his upper body is nice and built? Uh, yes. He looks funky. Yeah, he's got a weird body, which I think is an Apple review saying that I have a weird body. Um, mm. So – but I, I think I, I, I don't know what to think about him, Justin. He, he's an overall nasty player, and he's he looking to finish guys, and he's searching for big hits, and he's got a strong upper body. But I think he just really lacks lower body strength, and 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 is a real victim to bull rushes uh, in in the past game. Um, you know, like he's a good athlete, but he's just going to struggle with bull rushes, and I don't know if he's good at, enough at everything else to. To really deal with that, I think he's going to have real issues, at least early in his career. I think he'll have real issues. Um, and something I noticed about him, Justin, he's so slow out of a stance. Now, yeah. hopefully, that's something you can fix. But you watch the LSU; it's like I just did it. I do do it play and play. Like I just did every play in a row. I'm like he's the last guy out of a stance in this rep. Last guy, like you know, it's like I, I don't know what that means, but it's like it's noticeable, you know, and that puts you behind the eight ball. You know, and, and when you do that, it's like, well, how you can't you can't be on the backside of wide zone and be slow out of your stance. You got to be able to fire out. You know, so like it makes you a liability in those things. Um, um, so uh, and and his hands they come in low, they come in really low, and he likes to do like that, kind of like Will Hernandez did a little bit and did successfully at times, like that right hand jab and that left hand the hip kind of, you know, ability to mirror guys, and and he's got good mirror ability once engaged, um, but he he just has so many ugly reps. You know, like there's a lot of good with Ed Ingram, but there's a lot of ugly in there too. Yeah, I think the the best part of his game right now are his strong hands and that he brings the pop. Now, I think there's a difference between bringing the pop on a play and then having like good consistent hand placement. Yes, I agree. And I think Ingram embodies that difference. Even though he doesn't get out of a stance well, I think he's a tight puller across the line of scrimmage. I think yeah, he's the athleticism shows up a lot and when he's pulling. He, he's tight and he's efficient, so it's not like, you know, even so even though it takes him a while to get out of the stance, I think that kind of counteracts it. 
I like them, Bobby. Uh, I, I do. And uh, I think you wrote in your, you know, what you do is you sometimes you put out uh, your reviews of players for Patreon. You, you, you put out your write-ups, which that's another that's another pro of becoming a Patreon member. I know what you're going to say. Twitter page. You have him as a C player, but can work up to a B ability. And I, and I see that, where one of the things that I want to ask an NFL team, when knowing that he can maybe get up to that B ability player, he was really, really good his freshman year. Really, really good 2018. Whether that was his freshman year or not, I don't know. But he was really, really good in 2018. 2018, 2019. Then he had a year where he got a little trouble with the law, but he was found not guilty, or those charges were dropped. So something happened, charges were dropped. And then he didn't really progress from that point, from his first year. So one of the things that I'm going to, the LSU offensive line coach, or you know whoever was his coach early on, or whatever stability they had in that Russ coaching Callaway. staff, I'm going and I'm saying, what happened? Why wasn't there growth? What what happened from that point to now 2021? He has over 2,000 snaps of experience at LSU, but he didn't show that growth. So if this is a player that you want to bet on getting better because you like the pop, you like the aggression at the, the point of attack, and he has some other work to do after that point, if you're not winning at the point of attack, what are you going to do? Um, that's what I'm trying to find out from the school. Yeah, and I and I usually don't put like the B like I just put the grade and that's it. But I do put him as B ability because I think he's going to be. I think he has the ability to be a really good pass blocker. I don't think he'll ever be a great run blocker, even though he has some nice run reps and he is a nasty player. He's looking to finish guys and he has like these big hits. Yeah, um, you he's know, fun. Which, he's a fun guy to watch. But there's just sometimes where it's just lethargic. Where yeah. I'm looking at his feet, be like, dude, you know, uh, chop your feet more. Use use your feet more. Like not uh, getting lethargic out of your stance too. I feel like those things can kind of be worked on. And, and again, the same thing with Lucita Smith, Ed Ingram. If he does develop and if he can progress, unlike he did at LSU, if he can progress at the pro level, then he can be one of those guards, mid round guards. It's like, yeah, you're a solid guy. Yeah, you mentioned the pulling. He does bring some power to it. Like he he moves well and he he blows a blow on his punches. And again, he's got good strong hands it's just that lower body strength is an issue i mean it shows up in the vertical at a 20 and a half inch vertical jump probably the worst vertical jump in the entire combine um you know like that's my vertical jump ed ingram like you can't be you can't be drafted on day two if you have my vertical jump um so why don't you read an ad and we'll hit uh cade mays and cam jergens yeah we got two guys left on the the hog molly interior offensive line episode in this episode is sponsored by Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 because I need a good way to get me out of the bed in the morning. I need a good way to start out my day, and that is with AG1. Pour myself a glass of water, put some AG1 in my glass of water, and that gives me energy. It gives me focus. It is a great way to start out my day. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, source superfoods, and probiotics to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging all the things. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. And I think this is honestly one of our best deals 
if I'm being honest, and you're also improving your health too. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash giants. Again, athleticgreens.com slash giants to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, Justin, let's talk about the second guy that we're projecting from tackle to inside. Dan Kennard was the first, and then we didn't want to do, like Tyler Smith out of Tulsa, um, a lot of people project him inside. We're going to talk about him on the tackle preview. Uh, Sean Ryan uh, out of UCLA, I don't think we're going to talk about him on the tackle preview, but it's like, you know what, there's a lot of projection moving inside. I'm not going to do it. I'm not the biggest fan either. Let's be real. Let's be real with the people. This next guy is really intriguing to me, though. Cade Mays, uh, offensive lineman out of Tennessee. Big as hell. Like I have, you know, my first note is big as shit with a, with a, like an overbearing frame. Six foot six, 325 pounds, 34 and one eighth inch arm. So just a cookie cutter frame. Um, and he has experience at all five spots at Tennessee and Georgia. He transferred from Georgia oh, to Tennessee. Um, I think he's got nice, short, choppy feet that are consistent and his feet, I think, are actually pretty smooth and pass prone. He's not going to get embarrassed. Um, and I, and when he's playing the full man, like a relationship, he does it really well. And he's, he can, he, he looks good in jump sets. And that's why I think he's a little easier to project to the inside. Cause that's more of what you're going to be doing on the inside compared to the tackle. And he's just got this nice wide, strong base that looks natural. Um, I think his pass, his, his punches is, is pretty consistent. Um, but in the run game, where's where there's going to be issues is just first two steps. They don't gain any ground. Like, it's not even false. Well, they are false steps, but they're like, you know, other guys take that, that backwards Barney Rubble step. He doesn't just, he do, they're just like one, two, and he's in the same exact spot, which will, it's going to give you issues. And, I think and his base this, is too wide. You know, when you are when you have too wide of feet, right, you're not gaining a lot of ground. So that's something that I saw. I think his base is all right for the size that he is. Um, but his initial punch is just lackluster, but he does good, do a good job. Uh, like adjusting and finishing and he's got kind of a mean streak to him um but like you said and maybe this could speak to the base he struggles with balance like he's on the ground a lot uh he does have balance issues um and he's very slow getting to the second level uh, i think in general he's slow um even though his combine like he had, a, he had a pretty good shuttle time at the combine but i just think in general he's he's a he's a bad athlete and um when he you know and to, i think he overcompensates that that too sometimes too where he's like over he's shooting but justin i view him as like a a nice guy to start day three with yeah i i would agree especially if you value again power play strength versatility you know kate Cade mays has that um, the only thing that you got to be careful with um you know and if you're taking a chance on a guy day three um then it's less less of a chances in day two day one right but missed multiple games due to injury in three of his uh three of his four seasons and you know that that may be something that you want to stay away from because hurt guys stay hurt so but again power versatility Cade Mays has got it yeah he's kind of a player I got it's hard to get read on because you see awesome reps but it's like man there's just it's just you, you want him to put it all together. Inconsistent. Yeah, and I guess that's what you you look at when you're talking about day three guys. But I feel like he's I feel like he can move to guard with those athletic issues and have that frame and be able to use it well and, and maybe get some more ground on those first couple steps. Now the next player, which may be the most intriguing player out of all of these guys, Justin, because I think the the opinion on this guy is going to be all over the place, and that's Cam Jurgens, center out of Nebraska, six foot three, two hundred ninety pounds. Um. 
came into college as a tight end and transitioned to center after you know uh, redshirting, uh, where he worked at both those positions. I mean, he's extremely. I here's my talking point on Cam Jurgens. He's either great or horrible at everything he does. Um, like he's extremely, extremely athletic. Who obviously you have to put him in the wide zone scheme, uh, like he would a Tyler Linderbaum. Um, and, and again, he's only going to play center, but he's he's extremely undersized. Like he's really undersized. Um, that being said, he fires out of his stance with great footwork to start. Uh, with that, uh, with that athleticism, he can be a huge asset in the screen and pull game. Um, and, he, and he plays with good knee bend and pad level. It's like, oh, this is awesome. Like you watch him, like this is awesome. Um, you know, when he's working in wide zone, works the double teams well. He crosses face, he helps, he helps and moves guys where they need to be, and then gets to the second level. But he just comes in out of control, man. Yeah, like he gets, he goes just way too out of control to the second level, and not only is out of control, but linebackers will fuck him up. Like they will, like they will bring the pop and and. You know, we're like we're watching Cole Strange, and it's like he'll embarrass a linebacker. A linebacker will embarrass Cam Jurgens, just bring the pop to him and embarrass him. And it's like that's happening in college. Like, man, that worries me about you. Watch in the Oklahoma, next level. Uh, you know, Oklahoma, where you know one of their linebackers are, is Brian Asamoah. So, you know, I don't know what their other linebackers look like, but I don't think they're the biggest in the world. You need if you're going to be playing linebacker at the Big Twelve, you got to be able to move and you know uh, cover the pass. And there are plays where. Cam Jurgens is just like, oh my god, are you, you all right? He's getting just flattened on some plays. So. Yeah. Well, he's got great athleticism, horrible strength. Yeah, you know, and it's like, where does that guy fit in the NFL? Um, you know, and his hand placement is way too high and wide. Um, when he when he's he gives up penetration in the run game, which is like you can't really have that at center, man. You you're gonna ruin plays. Um, does work the angles well? Again, like there's things he does really well, um, but in the NFL, he's gonna struggle versus the bull rush. Uh, he does work the hop step well out of the bull rush, but again, it's it's not enough to compensate, and he ducks his head, and it's going to lead to quick losses. Um, he's just a, a player where it's like you kind of, I don't know what you do with him because it's like there's just there's so many great things, but there's also some serious issues. So it's like I don't know if this guy can be an NFL player. Like these issues are so bad. Yeah, I was disappointed because I was hoping to add Cam Jurgens into the mix of like, hey, the Dylan Parham, we're working towards round three, the 67-81 range, right? We're hoping no, he's got to be a day three guy. Yeah, yeah. We, I, I think he's being talked like he's in that range, but... Um, well, because people see the great stuff and they fall in love with the great stuff, but it's like yeah. the bad stuff is so bad. Yeah, and you know, when you play like a bat out of hell and when you play like a madman, you know, you're going to have plays where you're going to flatten people. And there's there's even a few plays, I, I think I saw a, a highlight on Twitter, and again, how often is this going to be happening, where he's pushing a guy 40 yards down the field. It's like, okay, I hate great. Those highlights on Twitter. It's like, that's, that's not. It's like Tra- Trayvon Walker chasing a play down. It's like, how about he win a fucking pass rush rep? Can we, can we see whoa. those plays? You're hot to, to finish the show, huh? Well, I've just been seeing Trayvon Walker stuff, and it's like, you know what? No one has shown me Trayvon Walker winning a rep. So is the intangibles. I think Trayvon Walker is a great fit for the Jets at three. Um, I think if Robert Sala wants to recreate old days of San Fran, get your Justin Smith. Justin Smith, player comp, Trayvon Walker. Let's do it. There you go. Cam Jurgens, though. Yeah, uh, plays like a bat out of hell. Fun when he's good. Not fun when he's bad. Yeah. So it's like if the Giants draft him to start day three, he's a player you get a lot of fun with. Um, and then it's like, okay, how does this translate? Like the hey, breakdown is going to be fun, but sit on the bench, eat a lot of steak. <laughs> yeah. Cause I think you can keep that athleticism with adding some weight. You know, you can add weight to a six foot three frame. You know, you don't, you don't have to be stuck at that. I'm still thrown off. I can't believe I got the Dylan Parham weight wrong. 
Um, that's like a, that's like that's a tw- what nine, uh, 19 and uh, 19 uh, 26 pounds, pounds. 26 that's a, pounds that's a 26 pound difference like he's less he weighs less than cam Jurgens. uh i'm blown tough. away that i screwed that up that bad like tough really really pissing me off maybe i'll pick cole strange ahead of him um i think i might just anyways you know what let me just stop denying the cole strange love um i Join. might pick cole strange as, as three i i don't know join uh, yeah come on We'll see. Maybe I will. We'll see. Because I'm gonna. I not not every position have I put out like a, these are my top ten because like well I haven't been able to watch every guy who might fit into this category. Interior right. offensive line is one. I've got them all done. I've got a top twenty essentially. Yeah. Um, maybe there's some guy who's projected to go undrafted who I would love if I watched, but you know for the most part I got my top ten. Um. All right, Justin. That's an episode. We'll be back Wednesday. We're previewing the tight ends. A very fun class. Um, which we decided it's like you know what we can't not give the tight ends their own episode it's a giant need for the giants no pun intended and there's a lot of fun guys and, and a lot of different guys in this class um i will say i think some of my jeremy ruckert slander maybe not be warranted the more i've watched him i've seen some better stuff from him but i also see stuff like oh that's a, a nice up the seams you dropped it um pff has has a 10 out of 10 him as a blocker that's where not are the true. Reps, See, that's not the, true. Where are there reps of him blocking from from in line? Not ten out of ten reps. I'll I'll give you that. Uh, PFF sucks. Let's be real. Um, especially their college, because like, do you think they have they're working like slave labor for their NFL grades to get them out by eight a.m.? Think about their college when they have to do hundred nineteen teams, and it's and it's literally fanboys of the team they cover. That's why Tyler Linderbaum was ranked as like the second greatest player of all time. It's taken them a while to get some data out, and I'm not particularly. I, I look at the draft guide for their data, and I'm not particularly happy about that. Yeah, so screw you, PFF. Uh, but listeners, we love you. Even though if I took some digs at you during the SeatGeek ad, that's what basketball does. Uh, uh, you know, um, it just happens. It's the only time I hate my following is during uh, the NBA playoffs. Sure. Um, but, but I do appreciate you guys. And we got the NFL draft to worry about. So we'll see you on Wednesday. Until then, let's go Big Blue. <laughs>